Welcome to episode 40 of Not Politically Correct. It's the homie TS, aka C Nova. You know I gotcha. AKA Hankahook, aka Mexican Raiden, aka Ethie. And you can find me on Twitter at C Nova KPZ. What's going down, everybody? McCoy? You know what the fuck going on. It's your boy, Rick McCoy, aka Mr. What It Do, aka Young Splash God. A.K.A. No Cap Charlie, A.K.A. Smooth Job Johnny, A.K.A. Doped Up Danny, A.K.A. Hallway Jones, because your bitch, bitch might make me a ringtone. Gotta get you a solid group of friends so they will do that shit for you. Not liquid, uh, not gas. Not liquid, not gas. You feel me? Solid. Solid. Like um, a rock. <laughs> um, you can find me at Real McCoy Rebel. That is my goddamn uh, Snapchat, but you can find me on Twitter and probably never on Instagram at Real McCoy KPZ. You know what the fuck going on, boy? Cody, a.k.a. Brody, what? a.k.a. Ghost, what? a.k.a. Nickname Nathaniel, a.k.a. Embellishing Emily, a.k.a. Nava Jojo, a.k.a. Banjojo, a.k.a. There was another one I just got, right? Fuck. What was it? I, Captain I Horbag. I don't know. I think that's good. There was one more. Did oh, you want one more? CD record on everything. I'm going to think about it like halfway in the middle of this and blurred out. Of course. Mm-hmm. Russ, the barman, a.k.a. Smooth Fingers, <laughs> a.k.a. Teddy Russ, a.k.a. School Wars Q, a.k.a. Mount Kid Universal, a.k.a. Russ the Bus. <laughs> you can find me on Snapchat, Twitter, at X-rated, <laughs> X-rated, TCKZ underscore R Y D E T. Cody's killing me over here. Um, and on IG at Cupidity C A N D I D underscore C U P I G I T Y. Fuck y'all, I'm sick. How's your coolant? Um, and just so you know, we do have a Facebook group which you can join and be a part of and get some of these uh funnies off. At a not politically correct podcast, we got a page you can like at NPC podcast. We got a Twitter, and I do be tweeting uh, at not PC podcast. You can go find us on Twitter and uh, follow us and check out our new episode, which I just posted. <clears throat> and also, we are on that thing called SoundCloud. We are on iTunes and the podcast app for your little great iPhone users. Um, at not politically not politically correct podcast. I you control my own life. Charles was never in charge. <laughs> Shout out Charles for catching up. <laughs> <laughs> and this is episode 40. You feel me? E40. 40. 40 Yeah, so what's going down in sports? Uh, well, last time we were talking about Antonio Brown and that whole shindig. Um, so, last we heard from last week's pal was uh, that Antonio Brown requested to be released from the Raiders, and the Raiders released said Antonio Brown. <laughs> And now, and then, like moments later, or like later on that same day, um, Antonio Brown signed a deal with the New England Patriots, agreed to a one-year, fifteen million dollar deal that includes nine million in so- signing bonuses. Holy crap! Yeah, dude, these people make a shit ton of money, man. Right, one year, like, bitch. that's an wait. You make it nineteen million in one year? Yeah, and nine million guaranteed. Hmm. No, fourteen million. 14 million guaranteed no matter what happens. 14 million in one year and 9 million of that as a sign on bonus. Hmm. Or 9 million yen sign on bonus? I don't know how that all works. I don't. And this is with what team? The Patriots. The Patriots. Wow. So he will build. But he will Tom Brady. Oh, God. They're going to Super Bowl again. Fuck it. Fucking A. We'll see. They do got a good line. But 
more Antonio Brown news. Antonio Brown said that... uh, Antonio Brown said, I would like to thank the city of Oakland for all their love and support. I gave my all to this team and left it all out on the field every week. I feel that every... He wrote the rest of a paragraph that he didn't even play a season with them before he just did some bull. Sounds like a lot of sexual harassment. I gave him my all and left it all on the field. Yeah, it's big... Residue of sexual assault. Well, rape residue is what you're... Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> what did she do? So, yeah, Antonio Brown <laughs> was accused of rape and sexual assault allegations. Uh, his female personal trainer or something, or physical therapist, something like that, I don't know, um, was making these allegations towards him and has, like, pictures of them together, intimate, but said that he would, like... Um, try to come on to her, pause, make yeah, passes towards it, her, and he then eventually came on her back, um, and, like, would whip out his junk, with, like, behind her back, and then she would turn around or start, like, masturbating and stuff, like, yeah, well, ha! It's what plants crave, electrolytes. <laughs> I got that. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, it's a sticker! <laughs> What's this? Ah! It's a sticky gotcha, <laughs> I feel like it's weird though that like all these allegations, but the, there was Harvey Weinstein and I forget who else, but they're all like the main one is watch oh, C- Louis C.K. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Watch me masturbate. Like, what the fuck is that? Well, well listen. Everybody though. got their own kick. Listen, listen though. He, it was his room. They have a vagina though. And he said, listen. I'm not saying like, you should just rape her, but like, why would you be like, oh, this is getting me off. I'm touching myself. Like, what? Well, some people. I mean, but that's kind of what the draw to porn is, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> also, also, draw I, f- I to find porn. it cousins. Yeah, see what you did there. Yeah, sure. <laughs> cousin um, subs. I, but I feel like Almost. with the Louis C.K. thing though, he didn't even he got accused of some sexual shit, but it was his room, and he said, "Listen, I'm about to masturbate." Like we weren't there. There is three sides to every story. We he. he how did you really believe someone saying, "Listen, I'm about to masturbate. You can either stay or leave," and then she stays, but then finally I, I don't remember hearing any stories of him leaving any. I just want to say, chicks. I just want to say, you can start anything, but listen, if you pull your dick out and start beating off, and she decides to join, or whether she decides to join or not, she might just want to watch. She might just. I'm not saying that happened this morning, but hey, it might have happened this morning. So it's a thing. It works. So why did he? Get a, in his hotel room with people in there. Why would he get a... Why wouldn't, like... Okay, in a circumstance like that... God, I hope Mama Reaper ain't listening. But, like, why wouldn't she, the, the, for my number the one other thing? person start trying to get themselves off or try to join in? Why wouldn't they? Yeah. Or, or Why would be, they just sit there? That doesn't seem so pleasing. Like, yeah, oh, that's okay, why, that's awesome. Oh, you it, finished? Okay, gotta go to work. It could be a prestige thing. Um, like, you know, because he is who he is... Um, because of his fame, his his money, that type of thing, people sometimes just freeze. We we know how people get. And he said he's gonna blow his load. I thought over he meant cash. Celebrities, um, they don't have common sense, or they lose all sense in order to be near that celebrity. Uh, celebrity. So it it could be a, a number of different things. We don't know actually what happened, how it happened. Um, all we can go by is what each person has said, and that's still only. Like you said, uh, two thirds of the truth, because uh, there's that third side. But the, the the fact of the matter is, um, 
what kind of makes things more bogus for me is that um, this color palette of justice that we have um, to where certain people get more time, get more um, harsh, harsher punishments than others um, due to color and position. And that's just how it is, unfortunately. Yep. Yeah. Just to say, I don't think I'll fully understand and I'm okay with that. Cause... What's the question? Just why people would do, like... Well, I mean, I guess the main one was... I mean, there's a lot of questions, but, like... Someone's gonna masturbate in front of someone. I don't see how that gets either side off, and the other person's just gonna watch and not either pleasure themselves or join in. Uh, yeah. I think that's voyeurism. It's just watching or cuckolding. It's like why I don't like watching cooking channels or like baking channels. You know, it's like I want to eat that food. That looks good. More, it's more watching that's someone have sex than just that are watching. So it's it's more voyeurism. Um, that's a big word. The thing. Of, I mean, everybody has their own kinks and fetishes, so yeah. what gets somebody else off might not be <laughs> yeah. pleasing to you. So it's like, yeah, just not my thing. Louis C.K.'s uh, case, I guess it got him off having somebody watch him. <coughs> yeah. That was just exciting enough for him. Well, anyways, without having to worry about any STDs, pregnancies, yeah. or anything like that. Except for lawsuits. <laughs> Apparently... Except for lawsuits. And tarnishing his name? Mm-hmm. Well, um, but yeah, more NFL news. Speaking of Louis C.K. <laughs> um, quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Nick Foles, who was last year a quarterback for the Eagles, who won. But um, he suffered, this is, we're going up to week two now. He suffered a broken left clavicle versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Yikes. That sucks, and he's pretty good for being a young guy. Wasn't Blake Bortles there? Yep. Wow, look at you. When did... uh, (laughs) I was surprised to hear a different name play for the Jaguars. I don't think that's impressive or anything because I'm watching a show where the main character really loves Blake Bortles and Jaguars. Oh, okay. Arthur? Yes. Okay. No. No, I I think... Charles is probably going to correct me or say I'm right, which is rare. Um... I think it was last year in the Eagles, the starting quarterback was Carson Wentz. I could be wrong. And then Nick Foles took over because Carson Wentz was injured or something like that. And then so Nick Foles won the Super Bowl. And now he's with the Jags. So he's probably starting. I don't really know where Blake Bortles is at, if he's a backup QB or if he's with another team. Why would a QB leave their team after a Super Bowl? They, it's crazy. I don't know why. I mean, maybe they're just trying to, yeah, let's up it up. But, like, they won the Super Bowl. They traded, like, got rid of and acquired a lot of different team members, like, players. I'm like, the fuck? You just won. Right. Like, wouldn't you be like, I think this is working out for Right, exactly. <laughs> this is the winning recipe. If it ain't broke, let's break it. <laughs> <laughs> hate to break it. Right. Hate, hate to, to break it. it. <laughs> Um, and can catch him. <laughs> Cleveland Browns, you guys remember Odell? Yeah, that silly ass. Cleveland Oranges. Yeah. So he 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 was we- he was wearing a three hundred and fifty thousand dollar watch. Mm. Oh yeah. During yeah. the game. Oh. Why the fuck would you wear? Because he's making. I think it's. How I much always, does he make a year? 
Doesn't matter. That's How not much gonna... does he make a year? It's probably Dookie. a drop in the bucket. No, <laughs> but it's the fact that you're... Whenever I watch baseball, I'm like, look, I always make fun of the people, like, up to bat, and you go, I got that chain. Yeah. I got a gold chain. I'm like, that is going to slow you down. It's going to throw off your balance. You're a dumbass. You shouldn't even... Like, ah. I just don't know why you would wear jewelry while you are playing sports. Like, put it on when you're done in the locker room. To his argument, he said that... Nobody would have said anything if it was oh, a $20 watch. If anybody or, else would have worn the watch, if it was a $20 yeah. watch, it would have been no problem. If this ain't, it's something else. If it wasn't the watch, it would have been the way I tie my shoes. That is bullshit because if you look at this watch, it is pretty huge. You're going to fucking hurt someone. A helmet doesn't cover the whole fucking body. And what, he's going to risk somebody to death? <laughs> I mean, they've done. I mean, you gonna you can break dangerous. that. Sh- you can break that. It's a watch. I would be more scared for the watch than somebody else. Yeah, fuck, uh, fuck other people. That watch, that watch is a, over a quarter million dollars. Like, yeah. If you break that, like, he's supposed to be the voice of reason for us. No, he is the voice. Don't don't wear the watch. You're gonna fuck. caring about people's a watch over people's lives. Well, yeah. That watch is not gonna. Mur- you act like the watch gonna like even if you carrying the ball off and it like slip somebody's throat. Like, ah, I'm like, oh my god. Uh, <laughs> That's so dumb. Like, yeah, and yeah. he said he's gonna keep wearing it next week. I'm like, that's just. Yeah, he wants just, to put his quarter million dollar watch on the line just for fashion's sake. Just sit his ass down. But he he just makes so much money that wearing a quarter million watch and possibly getting it broken. I'm making a statement. Nothing. No, you're not. You're just retarded. You got too much of that Antonio Brown syndrome. Huh? And then uh, Warren Sapp said. You can't wear a $350,000 watch and play like a $2 bill. Because they lost like, by what, did you say 30 points? Like Buffalo Bill? Alright. <laughs> that was my fourth grade uncle. <laughs> no bullshit. No no hats on. McCoy, they lost by 30 last week? Yes, they lost by 30 points. I believe it was 13 to 43. Yeah, I knew they were going to be 0-16. I called it day yeah, one. Yeah, you did. It was definitely you, man. Me too. Me too. I was like, oh, yeah. fuck them. They're shitty. They're going to be shitty. I Vegas is going to be paying us. Shitty walk. They're going to be shitty walk. I thought it was opposite. I said 10 to 6. I think they're going to be 16 and over. I think you're wrong. I think that you fish and you're Asian and you don't know what you're talking about. I think they put the one in the wrong place there. I think you mentioned it last episode. I know. I don't Ten and six. Hey, ten and six. Ah, you talking about it? What? Hey, it's come week on, one. On, it's week come one. On, we got time. Come on, my dog. Ten and six. See, okay, here's the thing. I was thinking we had time until I really looked back at it, and I was like, forty-three to thirteen. That, and I'm not even sure that Tennessee is like top. 10 teams. They might be top 15. Top, I don't know. They might be under. I mean, I Remember think, when they had Steve McNair? I think it's going to yeah. take some time for them to kind of like feel each other with them and for Odell uh, to get his head out of his ass. And like, you know what oh. I mean? The, just to work as nah, a team and team. Because, yeah, because you have all these different like super right. entities like kind of creeping into. And that's why I never understood is like they switch and trade so quickly and fast and day to day. It's like you got to learn this new team's right. whole playbook. Right. By game blast. And learn each other. Because um, that's what Jordan had to do when yeah. he came uh, to the Bulls. Like he was Mr. Ballhog for a minute, and then he was like, "Oh, I got to, I got to play with my team." <laughs> <laughs> teams win this, yes. Teams win this. Which makes me puzzled as why, uh, like, uh, Dennis Rodman never talked to um, Kim Jong Un. They're best friends now. Mm-hmm. Never talked to Michael Jordan or Scottie Pippen on the or off the court. 
their whole career, like when they played on the same team. Really? Yeah. Scott, what you said, Scotty? No. Dennis Rodman did not talk to Michael Jordan or Scotty Pippen. Um, was this before or after he married himself? Maybe he couldn't clear it with that his wife. Happened? Is that the? You just spoiled the fucked up story of the week. No. <laughs> <laughs> Are we time traveling again? Because that would have been the nineties. But. <laughs> Um, so not National Football League but football still related Um, a fourth grader was bullied when he showed up to school in a homemade University of Tennessee shirt which it looks like an orange shirt and he put like paper on it stapled and he drew like U.T. his teacher posted about this bullying incident on Facebook the post got Tennessee's attention and they sent the boy his and his class, some University of Texas swag. Tennessee has turned his homemade UT design into an official t-shirt. Part of the proceeds will go to organizations Stomp Out Bullying. I think that's pretty dope of um, that yeah. campus to do. That's pretty cool. They like took his like, drawing or design of the shirt. Nice. And the shirt came out pretty dope. Yeah, yeah this really like, isn't a bad design for a t-shirt either. Right. Because if you look at his arm, it's so <laughs> Come on, my dude. Uh, speaking of logos, and then I'll throw it right back to you, bro. Uh, <laughs> Love, bro. <laughs> we have a logo now. Well, should we really mention that until we pay the guy? And get yeah, it? I was gonna say. Shout out to, to our uh, graphic designer. I I promised him that eventually we're gonna have him on the show, so he can like, you know, plug his uh his graphics and designs and stuff of that nature. So. uh He's a very, very talented guy. Shout out to our graphic designer, uh, Phil Peterson. He's going to, um, Phil Peterson Art is uh, his Instagram name, I believe. And uh, we're going to be having him on eventually, but he did us a dope uh, a dope joint. And also shout out Marshawn Lynch, because he is now the co-owner of an indoor arena football team called the Oakland Panthers, named in homage to the Black Panthers. Hmm. Um, but he will also be playing for them too, <coughs> which I think is funny and dope. Like, he'd be like, bitch, don't tackle me. I own this team. Like, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. He hacking. He hacking. That's that's cool. That's dangerous, though, too, because LeBron James didn't even own Cleveland. Doesn't even own L.A. Lakers. He owns the whole state of Ohio. Yeah. Fuck the time. Speak. Look at these transitions. Mm -mm. LeBron James tried to trademark Taco Taco yeah, I saw that, dude. And it got denied. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, he tried to do what? He tried to trademark the name Taco Tuesday. Because he, so... And the filing got denied. Him and his him and his family on social media. They own like, social they, media? Like, I said Twitter. On, fa- on social media. Oh, I think said own. <laughs> on social media. Him and Oprah his, Winfrey Network. Own. Got it. Come on, my dude. <laughs> That's <laughs> enough. All right, listen... So on social media every Tuesday he'll him and his family have dinner. They have Taco Tuesdays. Taco Tuesday. And he does that with his And family. I love it. Uh, he ah, does it. He that's does. where you got that yeah. from. I was like, that's not the Cortana it's call. But <laughs> Cortana. Cortana. We would like to see you on Taco Tuesday. Yeah, kind of very <laughs> stereotypically racist against Mexicans. You was with what the. F- do we need to have to sit down? Because this is boring. Carne asadas. <laughs> Do you like enchiladas? Enchilada closer, baby. Uh-huh. 
That one's gone. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And that's Cody. He's uh, going on the road with this. You can catch him in Minneapolis. I'm going on the road. Okay, I'm done with football. On the baseball, our whole team, aka uh, Christian Yellick, fractured his kneecap and he is out for the season. Our whole team. I mean, didn't they just get spanked too, the Brewers? It's because he's out for the season because of his fractured uh, kneecaps. But apparently, he doesn't need surgery for it, and he will should be uh, doing time for spring training. So that's good. Is he sure that he doesn't just have to take a poop? Listen, man, fuck Paul Pierce. This is Christian Yellick. He's not no Jewish Yellick. This ain't no Islamic Yellick. He is the MVP. He of Yellicks. Of Yellicks. All ones of them, because I never heard that last name. Fuck baseball. We're on to basketball. Our newly eligible players for the 2020 Hall of Fame. Tim Duncan. That's probably a given. Kevin Garnett. Kobe Bryant. Both also givens. Elton Brand, Chris Bratt. Elton Brand. Sorry, Chris Bosch. Andre Miller. This one got me like, what? Elton Brand? Amari Stoudemire. Stoudemire? You know, apple potato. Yeah, right. But like... I would put him him over uh, goddamn Elton Brand. I wouldn't put either of them in there. I don't know why they're... Maybe they're like, yeah, you're eligible. You're not going to fucking make it in the whole thing, but you're eligible. Like Amari Stoudemire, he did some good shit. I don't. He never got. He never he got. Did good shit though. doesn't mean he did great shit. He's not Hall of Fame worthy. Oh really? I don't think so. That's just my opinion. Charles. Charles. I was just gonna say. Charles. What do you think, Charles? Charles. How many rings you got, Charles? Mm. Come on, choke. Mm. What do you? <laughs> Tayshawn <laughs> Prince, Kevin Martin, Kirk, Henry, Cobain, Karen, but Karen Cart, Cameron, <laughs> Vince Carter, no. <laughs> As soon as he retires, he'll be eligible the next year and shit, right? <laughs> Bitch won't retire. No, he probably this might be his last year. He says it's his last. USA's basketball run of fifty-eight straight wins in international tournaments with the NBA players on its roster comes to an end. Its last loss was against Greece in two thousand six. That is right. The USA team lost. Who did we lose to this year? France was it? Yep. We lost to the French? Yep, 89-79. We lost to the French. Wow, that's depressing. Finals. That's depressing. That's really... We need to get some niggas in Paris, huh? They yeah. were. Yeah, right. That's how they won. <laughs> the niggas there. They really lost. Paris, huh? They took seventh place in the FIBA Basketball World Cup and a win versus Poland on Saturday with the lowest uh, finish ever by USA team. Uh, yeah, major international sports. Um, Who's on the team that sucks so bad? Um, I know Kemba Walker was on there and Chris Middleton. You know who wasn't on there? Giannis, because he was playing for Greece. And they lost before us. He, they, so Greece actually, uh, what they do? They tied a couple of games, so they beat their, they won their last game, but because of the tie rules or something like that, um, they did not make it to the quarterfinals. Well, of course, he can't carry Greece. He's pretty yeah. strong. Yeah. Yeah. He can't do it all by himself. Speaking of uh, Giannis, James Harden says that Giannis Antetokounmpo had an unbelievable season, but that the numbers he were putting up 
he, as in James Harden, were legendary. A 32-game, 30-point streak, eight 50-point games, two 60-point games in one season, and all the talk was about Giannis? There's no way. I'm really tired of dude soup eating ass or cereal eating ass. Whatever you fuck. He just... And that's my favorite... He gonna make me shave my beard. That's actually my favorite player low key, on some low-key shit. Um, I've always liked him. I've been wanting him and the Rockets to really take it for a minute, and I really hope. I want to see the Bucks versus the Rockets in the NBA Finals. That's like a dream. If I can see that, and I mean like within the next five years when they still have like Harden on their team and Giannis on ours, I would like to see that at least once. If that I, would be so cold. If, I, if we did that, bro, and I'm not a nigga that want to like spend a lot of money on certain shit, but like I would buy Finals tickets. I would you catch me at the Pfizer Forum. In that bitch, if I could, if I and I'd spend and I'd spend like a couple hundred dollars on a ticket, like I'd spend like. I would definitely check out the Rockets Arena. Oh, that's right, cause you're fucking fag. <laughs> Speaking of basketball and arenas, he's a faggot. <laughs> wow. Speaking of basketball and arenas, Togaf. Bane. It's <laughs> backwards. Wow. That's when faggots usually are. No, okay. Right. <laughs> wow. I was gonna say that's when TS walks backwards. Hey. Togaf. No. Okay, Bane Bros submitted a 10 million bid. Speaking of these transitions are perfect. Right. To name the Miami Heat Arena the BBC. Oh, bro. <laughs> the British Broadcasting System. <laughs> <laughs> no hats on. <laughs> No I'm not going there. Look, there's a restaurant going. on North Avenue. Where are you going? The BBC. Called, uh, no, fuck that. It's called Granddad's BBC or something like that on East North Avenue. <laughs> you sure it's not BBQ? Please tell me it's BBQ. <laughs> Pretty sure it's BBQ. But they probably meant barbecue and can't spell barbecue. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. All right. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's probably what the C stands for. It's the substance. Barbecue. C for substance. <laughs> C for substance. Yeah, it's right. Bar- the bar- barbecue, barbecue, C U E, and shit. Come on down to barbecue. I want to. I want to look this up, but I want. I don't want to look. It's a, a pool hall on North Africa. Oh, it's a pool hall. Like, Barbe- this don't sound like some shit I should be looking up. It's barbecue and shit. Barb and. <laughs> Barbecue, oh, and I definitely don't want to Barbecue. Come down for the drinks. Oh. Wait, the so music McCoy and the pool. <laughs> Does that mean you're gonna be a part owner of the Miami Heat? <laughs> Are you saying I have a BBC? That's really weird, man. No, fucker. I'm saying that you watch Bane Bros or porn a lot because oh. Twitter. Okay, got it. Wow, reel it in. Tagafla. <laughs> I may be dumb, but I'm not stupid. Come on. Tagafla. <laughs> Can we call the episode? So, okay. Togaf. Togaf. Because um, T.S. is a fag. The no. funniest thing I've ever heard about the Miami Heat. It's funny because it's Miami true. There's no. <laughs> a comedian, Brian Regan, talking about he wanted to have a team named um, the, the Miami Humidity. And so he was like... Oh, what? He was like, he wanted to be the second best team in Miami so that... <laughs> when they announce them, uh, uh, it's not the number one team, so it's not the heat, but it's the humidity. It's like the dumbest fucking <laughs> joke. But it was so That's a good marketing. Me. You know how many goofy ass people actually like buy clothing and like shit that said that for mm-hmm. for that reason? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Mm-hmm. El humidity. <laughs> Cortana. Because when they have got Spanish nights or Hispanic nights, whatever it's called. 
Oh yeah, I was like, what? El what Heat. El. Los Lakers. Be Los... El Caliente, no? no, they say El Heat on their jersey. Literally, it says El Heat. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Oh, and Chico Bulls, <laughs> or whatever it says. Good fucking Spanglish. Hey, yeah, right? Chicano. Elite. La Table. Right. So the Cortana. restaurant. <laughs> the restaurant was called G Daddy's BBC, and it was on uh, East North Avenue, but it closed April of 2017, and now Good. Hacienda Beer Company, North Avenue. Hacienda Patton. Beer. I'm glad they closed that down, because so, what... <laughs> Wait, 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 did you pull up incognito mode? No. Really? You got balls. Yeah. Pause. I said pause. You have courage. All right. <laughs> no the music. Speaking of <laughs> balls. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're going to go into the 70s talking about eight balls. So. <clears throat> Bet young thug was he at those. Eight balls? Or your... He does have. He does have. A, Young Thug does have a line in which he says she sucked eight dicks. I call her octagon. Anywho, uh, octagon. <clears throat> so what's one guy? What? What? Because octagon has eight sides. I get that. Eight, eight lines. She sucked. She sucked eight dicks. I call her octagon. So if the dicks were in oh, it, God, shit, how do you? Uh, I don't. That, that's, yeah, don't, that, don't that line's trash. That, that never made sense at all. But, right. All right. <laughs> okay, Wayne. <laughs> right. Exactly. Call it octagon. Speaking of music, she sucked three dicks. I call her triangle. <laughs> I wanted to hold my gun, so I wore a dress. <laughs> what? I call her quadrilateral. Is that a square? Qu- quadrilateral. <laughs> I know the word. She quadrilateral. <laughs> she sucks dicks. I call her a parallelogram. <laughs> Paraplegics, shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Black exploitation, Soul Train, Funk Music, Stadium Rock Ballads, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Women's and the First Gay Rights Movement, because T.S. is a faggot, Recession, Richard, <laughs> Richard Nixon, and Mr. Rogers. The 19... 19- <laughs> The night, the night, the night. It's like the the, the Beatles, cause Jesus is a faggot. Beatles, cause he eats bugs and he's a faggot. He said it with such strong. Can I start over? Hey, stop, faggot! <laughs> All right. <sighs> Black exploitation, soldier. <laughs> Why you start over like this is a school play or something like that? It's an audition and shit. Right. In addition. Dog said. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking he's seen that. This nigga said. Okay. Oh, you got stupid on it. Because I couldn't even get 1970s out. I said, 19? 19? 19? I still love it. Okay, the seventies. Uh, we saw our, the first. <laughs> He's W stars that you let inside your crib, bro. <laughs> can, can I can I have some? Can I have some? Please? Hey, did gentrify it? Hey, did gentrify it? No, don't. No, don't. Just... Can I pour it out? Sure. Oh, you could just get me another cup. But anywho, let me. Okay. <laughs> 
<clears throat> 50 years later, I'm a slave. Black exploitation, Soul Train, Funk Music, Stadium Rock Ballads, Texas Chase Saw Massacre, Women's and the First Gay Right Movement, because TA's the. <laughs> Rece- <Take> off! <laughs> what the okay. fuck? Okay, Cody, some of this you actually have to cut out, bro. Like, I need you to understand. Because ST is a Togaf. Because <laughs> <laughs> Saints a Togaf. Saint Togaf. Because Streets a Togaf. Beautiful lifetime Togaf. Oh, man. Get your state Togaf. 1999. Or 1970. Free shipping to heaven. Okay. Editing is going to be hard. 19 faggot. <laughs> 19 faggot. <laughs> You probably cut some of these faggots out too, by the way. Team Togaf! Team Togaf! We can say Togaf all we want, though. Togaf, Togaf, Togaf. <laughs> He's like, I'm taking his word back. Well, shit, look at that. Weird ass Pokemon is this? <laughs> it's Togaf! Damn, damn, damn. Cross dressing Pokemon. <laughs> Jinx hey, is actually Togaf. Hey, guys. Uh, hey, guys. I'm hot. Uh, hey, guys. I'm doing super. <laughs> Thanks for asking. Hey guys, <laughs> what's funny is when I was going to Whitewater, there's these two twins. Are you They were girls, and that's how they would always talk. They had these super deep voices, and they're like, "Hi guys." It's like, "But you're girls. What the fuck?" Uh, all right. So why are you a gay man? Like, what, the, what happened to you? They were in chokers, <laughs> hiding their Adam's apple. Oh, oh man! Nah, Togaf use lisp. <laughs> it's super effective. Super effective. <laughs> man, arms. <laughs> Another Pokemon fainted. <laughs> oh goddamn! <laughs> Togaf use glare. <laughs> Wait, do you guys know what ether is? Use ether. It raises your pee pee. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> 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 pee pee fully restored. Pee pee fully. <laughs> I hope I edit this out. <laughs> Come on, future Cody, you can do it. He's like sitting okay, there, like, no, you can't. <laughs> okay, get back in the ball. Okay, okay. try right. to. You, What's you it called? What does Goku do? Transport. Teleportation. Black Boytation. Translation. That's oh, yeah, it. That one. He's the smart one of the group. <laughs> Black Exploitation. Black Exploitation. Never even heard of that. Soul Train. Funk it's Music. The, it's the first Black Port. Stadium Rock Ballad. <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> Women's Take and off. the first gay right movement. Take off. Recession. Oh, Richard Nixon and Mr. Rogers. Watergate. The 1970s. We saw the first war to ever be televised. And end in a loss for us and a break in public support as a result. We can bet. We saw Watergate. We saw the birth and death, almost, of disco and the birth of hip-hop. We saw the growth of heroin. Of who? Heroin. Boy. Boy. Dog food, for those of you who don't know. Heron. We saw a recession happen. And but one thing that always stayed consistent through the seventies, and actually <laughs> take off, <laughs> took a, 
always stay consistent to the 70s and was always reflective of the times. Of all the shit that we saw going on. Mm. Music. From the very start of this, from the very start of the 1970s, we had music that was rebellious. We had music that was a reflection of the war. We had music that was a reflection of the times. Okay? Um, Morris Day. And the times. Oh, hey, but all right. We're just next, the one next, time. Next, <laughs> next, yeah. Um, I didn't realize that the, the Beatles actually disbanded in 1970. That yep. was crazy. Yep. After a whole decade of domination. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Yoko. My dad, bitch. Yeah. She played the shit out of that triangle. Probably shit out of that Okay, that was a weird reference because after what dude said, so I'm right. Like, exactly. That's I what I was like, like, I'm like, like talking about dicks again. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how many Beatles were there? Four. Yes. Four. That's not a triangle. It was quadrilateral. <laughs> but there was also a different member early on. They had a different drummer. I forget his really? name. I didn't know that. Before Ringo Starr. Look at that. The music got learned something new. So I did not know that. I bet his ass fell asleep <laughs> when he quit. Like the nigga from uh, Temptations, Al. Uh, I know he will. No. Just, um, just Al. purple. Just Al. We just call him Al. <laughs> oh, Paul Simon. You can call me Al. Again, again, again. You kind of slightly off. Man, like there we go. Right? No. Where's I'm, I'm in rhythm now. <laughs> Listen to him. Just because you get louder doesn't make it better. Uh, but no. Say it again. Uh, Listen, Eminem. I see what you did there, fag. All right. We have all these great things going on. We have an explosion in, in black. Black people have always been entertainers. We have an explosion of black entertainers and artists actually taking ownership. Um, not only did we already create rock and a bunch of other musical um, genres and moments in music, but the 70s, we started to come us. We start, exactly. We started to come into our own. We had funk and soul and things like that. We had artists like... Uh, <laughs> Funkadelic and Parliament too hot, with, and, and George too. and George Clinton doing his thing and like really those niggas would go on stage and costume and all that shit like mm-hmm. big 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 moments for black women music yeah. we had the creation of the big band exactly exactly we had I mean from the beginning Marvin Gaye what's going on Marvin, the album 71 Marvin Takeoff that, that album is 71 and the song like what's going on is talking about people dying in this war they're talking yeah. about hard times they're talking about hardships I mean the music in the 70s is a real reflection of what was happening mm-hmm. and we had those good moments and we had those moments that weren't so good we had really sad moments we had like the song Sly and the Family Stone in their album there's a ride going on Family Affair we had that song and like if you really listen to that song it's really depressing like Family Affair is one of the smoothest yet most depressing songs. I honestly have not listened to the lyrics. Family Affair Family Affair talks about your woman having an affair with someone in your family. Yeah. That's part of one of the verses. Your family actually having two children or two people in the family and they hate one yeah. and love the other and the person who's hate who's getting hated feels that shit. Damn. Family Affair is a really fucked up dark song. Yeah. Um it's it's but it's reflective of... I once read an article that said this, the 70s was a drastic high come down. If anybody's mm. ever been high in here, you can you get high, and but then there's a come down. Especially Delta if you, Airlines. If you're, if you're, if, yeah, what he said. If you... Oh, because lines. 
if you are doing an upper, you get super high, there's going to be a point where you come down and emotionally, you're fucked up. I'm fucked and, up, homie. You're fucked and up. You're so not, like, not, like, not the good fucked up, like, we high. Be high? I, you're fucked up, like, on an emotional, from an emotional, like, a mental place. You're listening to Kikari too what, much. And that's what the 70s were. The article mentioned Sly and the Family Stone, and the 70s was really, if you really want to like, talk about it, was a drastic turnaround from all of the hippie shit that we did in the 60s, or that our grandparents and shit did in the Woodstock, 60s. Woodstock, 1969. Woodstock. In the 60s. Yeah, it was in the 60s. Just 60. barely, 69. Yeah, but it was still, we were still, at the, <laughs> it was still at the height of, you know. But it, it was, was still, the 70s, kid. It was like, <laughs> but the, so the 70s hit, and you, what we're seeing is, we're seeing the Vietnam War play out, and realizing that we're going to end up losing this shit. This is the first war we see on TV, and so people are going to war, coming home, and the public is not, it's not like when we went to war you know, in in World War One or Two, when we when those soldiers came home, they came home. It was like a nine to five. They were like, honored. How are you doing? They decorated. were like, yeah, they honored, decorated. They, the public appreciated them for going over and being a part of that war and winning that. Motherfuckers was coming back from Vietnam and people were like, hating them. Damn. Because they went because over there. Because you had those hippies that were loving peace so much and would put flowers in their gun barrels. Uh, yeah, yeah, that sure, but I mean, it's part of part of it is if you were li- if you're paying attention to what was going on, if you were really listening or looking at what was happening in the Vietnam War, people knew like, okay, we probably shouldn't be over there. First of all, second of all, mm-hmm. we're gonna lose this. So, mm-hmm. and Both that was those, yeah, those, and that was reflected in the music. That was reflected in shit like albums, like there's a riot, Buffalo going on Springfield. Like there's something happening here. What it is ain't exactly clear. There's a man with a gun over there telling me I got to be with. Yeah, that was all about the war that was going on. Hey, stop the sound. Everybody, look what's going down. Oh, yeah. Also, sampled by Chuck D for He Got Game later on. Um, but. Uh, but see, this is why I wanted to get why I wanted to get into that because we have a lot of moments like that in music, dude. And like I said, Marvin Gaye with "What's Going On" and shit, and in '71, like he came in, came out the gate like this shit is fucked up. Like we are, you know, mother, mother, there's to me of you, now. like like that whole shit like was just him reflecting on how the streets is rough. Um, you know, we've got to find a way to bring some loving. Like everybody was very drab because you saw the sixties. You saw so many good things in the sixties come to an end. You saw Martin Luther King get shot in the sixties. You saw JFK get shot in sixties. You saw all of these, all these good opportunities for like growth and social wealth to happen die by the time nineteen seventy hit, and we were just like fucked. People were doing more. People were doing more drugs. Heroin was already a thing, but heroin usage went through the roof in the 70s. Like, people were really hurt that <clears throat> last decade didn't play out like it was supposed to be. Or like it was supposed to. And so we were drowning themselves in that sorrow. Like, Donny Hathaway. Yep, yep. We Need You Now. That was a, Dude. a song he wrote that was a real, it was real spiritual heavy. And it was something different for him. It's, it's something that um, kind of Stevie Wonder took on to where he put a, Christian song on all of his albums. Yeah, um, Donny Hathaway kind of started that that whole trend, um, as far as like R&B and soul and things of that nature. See, so, and, you know, another person who really sticks out to me 
during that era is uh Bill Withers. Mm-hmm. He had a lovely day mm-hmm. and no sun, ain't no sunshine. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I knew ain't no sunshine was about him losing electricity. <coughs> lean I, on me, lean I, on me. Ain't you bad? When like all of this, like all of these moments was like different. If you lit, if you look, listen to some of the music, it was all over the place emotionally. You mm-hmm. had really good highs. You had some really low lows too. Like, um, my favorite band ever is Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin. Most of their so they started in sixty eight to nineteen eighty when their drummer died. But um, there's a lot. So I read a book because they have a song called "Whole Lot of Love." I read a book called "Whole Lot of Lead," which I found out on there. The guitar player Jimmy Page uh, was into black magic. Um, he had whips in his like travel case, and he did a lot of heroin. Um, also, yeah. There's a lot of pictures of them like getting drunk and stuff like that and partying, but. 1975, they took, or 74, 75, it was mid-70s, they took a trip to India, and um, their, I think it's their fifth album, Houses of the Holy, um, was when they came back from India, and they kind of like had like a vacation there, like lived, experienced a whole different life, and that whole album, they recorded fully sober. I think that's pretty interesting. Really? Yeah. Was it just as good? Yeah. I gotta look up the tracks on that because Cashmere. Houses on the Holy sounds like oh. an album that I watched or listened to. I was like, "Damn, you cold, bro! You just watching albums, it's cold." But even even through all of that, like great moments in rock too. Like uh, Kiss would have been in the seventies, mm-hmm. and they were doing, and they were pretty. Not to say that I'm a huge Kiss fan, <laughs> but I've always liked the aesthetic, like the look and the vibe of Kiss. Not necessarily, I can't say I, again was into music. But they brought something, I think, to the art of performing, and they were doing something mm-hmm. with, um, you know, the, the the look of being on stage and stage presence and shit that I really enjoyed. But there were just a lot of good pieces of music. Queen, one of the great to me, one of the greatest rock bands. Mm-hmm. My first concert. Um, Jermaker. Jermaker. It's called like you're gonna meet Jermaker. Yeah, Jermaker. For whatever reason, that song sticks out to me. I have Plays no idea from. what it sounds like, but I recognize that title off that album. Sorry. No, no worries. No worries. Um, Queen did A Night at the Opera. That album was in 75. Mm-hmm. And it had the That's classic what turned around, like Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody thought that was going to be a horrible song, like, for the radio and shit. Like, and it become becomes one of their biggest, like, I think it's one of the biggest pieces of music that they've done. Um, Definitely, and, and and that's not to even say because in the same decade, because if I go to up to like a twelve year old kid right now and I'm like, she keeps him moving, shining, and they're not gonna, they're like, what the Can fuck I are you doing? Please? Get away from me! I'm gonna call the cops. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but if you say you start with Bohemian Rhapsody. Mama, ooh. like they're oh, I know that's on because of whatever vine I watched. Yeah. Like, bicycle, bicycle, I want to ride my bicycle. bicycle. <laughs> yeah, um, my favorite was was the was by uh, uh what is that? Um, wait, they had Fat Bottom Girls too. Yep, oh, Fat Bottom Girls. Are you run. gonna take me home, home tonight? tonight. Yeah. Fat Bottom oh, down beside that red firelight. Dude, back to back to back. Yeah, they were they were killing it. Don't all. stop me now. That's what Don't, Don't stop me now. Shaun of the Dead. That was uh, dude. That was awesome. I love this. <laughs> and then, don't forget, in '77 they come with News of the World, 
mm-hmm. which had mm-hmm. We Are the Champions mm-hmm. and We Will Rock You. Mm-hmm. Well, like, yeah, was, those are always played back to back. My friend, and we keep on fighting till the end. We are the champions. We are the champions. No time for losers, cause we are the champions of the world. That so that yes chills you got right. chills Charles and then <laughs> Charles got chills uh, so also we Charles mentioned Stevie Wonder Stevie Wonder multiple albums and I didn't even realize this until I looked this up but look Stevie Wonder can't see he definitely cannot see that is so true um, Stevie Wonder had three very important albums in the seventies. But here's the thing. I didn't know this until until I looked this up. 73, Inner Visions, won Album of the Year at the 16th Annual Grammy Awards. Next year, Fulfillment's first finale won Album of the Year at the 17th Annual Grammys. So back to back. Then Songs in the Key of Life, two years later in 76, won at the 19th Grammy. Making Stevie Wonder... Along with Frank Sinatra, the, the most album of the year award winners with three. Nobody has surpassed that. Now, Taylor Swift, I think she on their ass because she won two. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. I'm going to let you finish. But. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how much she won two. Hey, listen, listen. But, but then she got beat out by Korn, I think, for the top album. Tool. Tool. Tool, okay. but yeah, still. But but she opened at number one, but then they came. But then I think the second week. So Stevie Wonder in the 1970s <laughs> had many good albums. But he won three in one decade. This man won three album of the album of the year awards. That's amazing. That's like that is. I don't even realize how hard it is to win album of the year. Stevie Wonder won three conse- three albums he released consecutively. I does not know that. Wow. So in one decade, three albums of the year, and that's never been done before or since. Well, Frank Sinatra did it, and I'm assuming he did it in the '60s, but I don't know for sure. And Stevie Wonder did it all in the '70s, and he did it. And he did it um, with three consecutive albums. So he released three albums, and each album, each of those three albums, back to back to back, one album of the year. Stevie Wonder also was some one of the first people to really use um, uh, synthesizers and audio programming in his um, in his albums. Mm. So I feel like I want to say it was "Songs in the Key of Life" that was the one where. He really took off and started going ham with um, uh, the synthesizer, which wasn't really heavily used up until Steve Wonder did it. So that changed the game because if you know anything about music, you know that the synthesizer really transformed 80s pop music, R&B, and without a synthesizer, I don't think rap would be nearly as important or have as nearly as good production as it, yeah, as it that does. That was with Sir Duke. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Isn't she lovely? Yep, yep, that's the one. Uh, yep. All day sucker. It was a, it was a few. Yeah. Um, and that was the, like he took he took the synthesizer and like basically flipped it and ass, yeah made yeah. it made it what it was you know what it became to be for us. Hall and Oates, Smile Sarah, seventy five. One of my favorite one of my favorite like R and B joints. Like 
and people thought that Hall and Oates were black. Like, they thought the motherfuckers was black. Like, and, until they actually, like... Them niggas got a soul, bro. Yeah, they thought... Motherfuckers, when they first heard Hall and Oates, mm-hmm. thought they were black until yeah. they came out with their first, like... Um, 75, they came out with Daryl Hall and, jo- and John Oates. And they were on the cover in glam rock and makeup and shit. And they were like, oh, these are white guys and shit. Like, um, I mean, of course, some some people knew. Some people knew who they were, but they really thought, like, they had so much soul. And, and Smile Sarah is, like... Uh, one of the best songs. Like, it's you and me forever. Sarah's <laughs> Doom, 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 doom. One of my favorites. Um, you have uh, Prince. His first album actually came out in 79. Mm. Prince's first album, which I believe was self-titled. Right, Cody? Mama Record? No, this is, <laughs> she's the one with the naked poster of Prince on her door. Why is there naked? You know what? So Prince first album seventy nine, <laughs> great music. Also, uh, Billy Paul, Me and Mrs. Jones. Mrs. Mrs. Jones, Mrs. Jones. But here again, here Mrs. again, Jackson. we have this really good soul, soulful vibe, and the fucking song is talking about him sleeping with somebody else's woman. Mm-hmm. Like there's some dark shit going on in the '70s, and it's actually really coming to light. I'm sorry, Miss Jones. In the <laughs> in the in the music, and that's that's why I think the '70s is so dope because we're going through like this recession. We're going through this thing. We starting to really not. The '70s might have been the first time where people, the American public, start to really. I mean, black people ain't been trusting the government. Let's be real. But the seventies was a point where all Americans were kind of like these motherfuckers is on bullshit. Wait, yo, uh, Prince first album seventy eight, yo. Seventy eight. Whoa, for you, for you. It wasn't a self title. The self title came after that, the, a year after. Okay. Because uh, okay. the first one had for you, soft and wet. Uh, oh yeah, go, yeah. Go ahead and correct me. So y'all heard it here. The no, bus did did break me, and Prince's it? first album was seventy eight. In not the movie 79. Purple Rain, what was it? it was the band 80. called Prince and the. Princess? Wasn't it? In oh. the princess. God damn it. Princesses? The fuck? Mama gonna kill me. Uh, there's Apollonia and the other chick. <coughs> oh, man. Mickey Free, but that Mickey Free's the man. It's, it's not a bitch, it's a man. Charlie Murphy says so. <laughs> Got this song stuck again. For you, right. I was thinking of this album. I thought this was his first album. I ain't gonna the one with the, yeah, the, part, yeah. the blowout, whatever the fuck yeah. he got going on there. You right. Damn, boy. I want to be your lover. Doom, doom, doom. That was on the first album? That was on the second. I was on Prince Luke's Tim on Kilt it. Prince and the Revolution. Yeah, the Revolution. Okay. Oh. Yeah, Morris Day had the time and Prince was the Revolution. Yeah. Damn, this nigga Prince was dropping an album every goddamn year. He wasn't playing no game. Yeah. So, like you said, like, most, the precedent was just, like, an album a year at most. But when Stevie came and dropped him three albums like that, it was like, Honestly, okay. it was like when we talk about <laughs> Tupac being like, we gotta get our work done in the studio. Like, this, we don't yeah. have time, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's what Prince was like, too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Prince was out when they had to have live music and things like this to make things happen. I mean, yeah, the sides um, were starting to come up. What's a yeah. fucking call? Not digital record, uh, analog? analog recording, yeah. Yeah. Whereas when Tupac was around, people were just pushing buttons. I know there was MP3s around and everything. Yeah. Yeah. 
all types of controllers. iTunes. <laughs> right. Sorry, podcast apps. Mm-mm. Podcast apps. Um, but then we podcast. Not to only say like <laughs> podcast. Not only talk about like funk and shit like that, Poxicles. but like there was like, a lot of smooth, a lot of smooth rock like Ted Nugent. Ted. Hello, it's me. That's one. I love that song. I don't even know that one, know. and I have like a bunch of his albums. I don't you know? That's how it goes. Cat Scratch Fever, uh, The Great White Buffalo. Hello. No, that's it's a me. wrong song. Wrong song. <laughs> Road Decade. Alright. Hello, darkness, that's, my that's old friend. That's from the 70s and I'm going to head out and shit. <laughs> I've come to be with you again. That's Ted Nugent? I knew that. Fuck me. I have that. I listen to that a lot. So. No, you know what? I got peace. I take that back. I'm wrong. That's Todd. Uh, Rungren. Rungren. Todd Rungren. That's right. right I knew man. it. I was like, you're right. You're right. See, look, this is why we got. To, I wasn't this born. This is my era. This. No, it's not. You're <laughs> not this day. No, no. It's, it's you know, this is great. This is, but this, this is great because now we're talking about different artists, and I get to find out shit that I'm actually wrong about. So thank you, Russell, and thank you, Cody. T.S. It is your turn to correct what about me. Pink Floyd. But but even then, you got like also you. So you have different uh, like really really smooth rock moments. Um, but then you have um, the Bee Gees. Yes. Disco. I mean, like, like that that whole everything they did in the seventies. Fucking good. Ah, 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 stand alive, yeah. stand alive. Like Donna Summers. Like Donna. Yep, yep. yep. I was just in the ring room. Glory Gaynor. Uh, Donna Summers. What participated? Um, shit. How did that song go? How did the Donna Summer, uh, Summers song go? Um, the one where she was like. Uh, Wasn't that her? No. Uh, was that? That wasn't her. Uh, what was her song? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it was not Love to Love Again. It might be. Donnie McClurkin? No. Yeah, it was. Love to Love You, baby. Uh, that's what I thought. Love Hot stuff. Baby. Hot stuff, baby. It's this is... Man. That was seventy nine off the Bad Girls album. Yep. Yep. I don't know the I feel love. Maybe I would recognize it if it was played. But then that's when that uh, Gloria Gaynor song came out too. Which one? Is that the I will survive. Yep. Oh, as long as I know how to love, I know I still love. But listen, if we all this music, all this music we're going over, um, all of this music we are going over different sounds but all reflective of the change and like the 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 really emotional roller coaster that is the 70s people were sad people were upset but people also wanted to just be happy and they wanted to escape from the shit that the government had done to us and the shit yeah. that was going on in the world and oh man and then even Bob Marley we can't forget about the shit he did like did you watch that Exodus? documentary yet? Not, not yet you bitch Ex- <laughs> Exodus um Exodus they had a jam in it <laughs> One I love. I want to jam it with you. One love. I'm pretty sure. Uh, and my favorite. Let's my favorite. Together and feel alright. Talk about a simple ass message. I'm yeah. not even going to try to put this on a metaphor. Let's right. One love. Let's just get together and be alright. Period. And let's repeat that line. <laughs> so that way you remember 17 it. 17 times. You're delicious. Right. And, the fire. and you know what's crazy about those times? 
Like, I'm pretty sure that my favorite my favorite uh, Bob Marley songs are um, Buffalo Soldier. That's actually my third favorite because my first favorite is uh, is um, No Woman No, no Woman no Cry. No woman and um, Cry. Nigga, I hold on. Wait, I know. Uh, why am I Stir it up. Three Little Birds. No, no, no. It's No Woman No Cry and it's... Um, Oh, oh pirates, God. yes, I rabbi. So down to the mercy. I wanna love ya and treat <coughs> you right. We'll be together every day and every night. That's my favorite Bob Marley song. With the roof right over our head. Yeah, what the fuck? How does the chorus go? Is this love? Is this love? Is this love? Is this love that I'm feeling? I'm sure he did all of my favorite songs, Buffalo Soldier, that, and um, the other joint, all in the 70s. So, like, there is so much good music from the 70s. And, I, you know, the crazy thing is, you get put on by this shit, into the shit from your parents. We got put on to this shit from, like, I got put on to this shit from, like, listening to my dad. Like, I was watching both me and Rhapsody, the, the movie, last night. My girlfriend asked me, she was like, so you... Cause she doesn't know about Queen and shit. She, I mean, she everybody's heard we were rocking, but she didn't know. And she was like really interested in me wanting to watch this movie. And she's like, so how do you know about them? And I'm like, my daddy. And then she was like, that's cool. Like, like her, her whole, the whole thing of us finding out about music or falling in love with music is these are the songs I started to fall in love with before I fell in love with rap, which was born in the Bronx, 78, 79. Another important step in the history of music happened in the 70s. So yeah, that was is that when the Trinity of DJs were born in New York with uh, cool Master Flex, yeah, Cool Hurt and um, Africa Boombada. Yeah, Africa Boombada, Cool Hurt and um, or not Funk Master Flex. I was gonna say um, Flex, but I know you're talking about um, Grandmaster. Yeah, Grandmaster Flash. Yep, yep, that was been Cool Hurt was the first one to do, but they all of them came out of that era. Like they were all like the the grandfathers and godfathers, of, you know, hip hop. So. All in all, the 70s was an amazing time. Very emotional. We were going through a lot of shit. Um, a lot of things happened that were, you know, we were just really kind of, I feel like, again, it was a come down from the 60s. So, I know a lot of our listeners, and Charles, and, you know, the people who enjoy listening to us, I know you don't know. I know, I know, I know, I know also from the 70s. Um, I know you don't necessarily. Fuck what us? Pinpoint <laughs> when a song came out, but I want you guys. I'll give you guys a little homework. Any listener that really want to chime in and fuck with us, go to the oldest song that you remember loving, the first song you remember falling in love with, the oldest old school joint. Give me a year. Give me the year. Of your, even if it's not the seventies, I want you to go back to the first song you remember loving, the first song you remember your parents playing that you were like, damn, this shit is lit. And do, do the research. Give me the year. Tell me the year that you got the first song that you fell in love with. What what year did that song come out? Because you'll find that a lot of times the shit that we really, really enjoy comes from a time period that's way before us. You know, you might think like, oh, I fell in love with this song, but it came out, I was a kid, so it must have came out in the 90s. No, that shit probably came out in 82. Shit probably came out in, you know, 75. Our favorite songs are from the 60s and 70s. See? Exactly. So tell me the first year, the year of your first favorite song. I grew up with a mom that was obsessed with the Beatles. She's a smart woman. One of my favorite songs was 
actually uh, Donnie Hathaway song. Oh boy. Um, for all we know, and it came out seventy two. Um, but my pops always had like the records and everything, so we'd always listen to them and whatnot. So uh-huh. uh, Donnie has always been like real nostalgic for me, even though he's yeah. been like kind of connected to more depressive and thoughtful states. But he's got some real deep Did, music. Didn't Donnie Hathaway, uh, didn't he like commit suicide? He jumped out of a window? Oh, it's one of those conspiracies. Yeah. So they don't think he committed suicide. The thing is, he didn't, I don't think he jumped out of a window. I think they, he either was, I think they diagnosed him as having overdose uh, and drugs or hung himself. So it was some type of thing about that. And there were, I believe, two other people there in the room with him. Uh, one is Roberta Flack, who used to sing with him. Um, and I believe the other one was a gentleman that some people have named as different names and stuff like that. So it's a lot of shady shit surrounding his death. Um, they think they think Roberta Flack has something to do with it? I think... I don't think they, they think she has anything to do with it. And she hasn't really incriminated herself in any way. Um, because they were close. They were, like, really, really close. And um, he wrote his... And sang her whole life in that one song. Yeah, pretty much. Um, what song? Uh, it's a few songs she's done with. Like, were they in love? Were they together? That that I don't know. Um, you know how how ambiguous the the '70s and, and even the '80s were uh, yeah, regarding relationships, song, love, free um, love, all that shit. Uh, damn. What is it? Strumming my pain with his pain. That was Roberta Flack originally. Killing yeah. me softly. Yeah. Thank you. Really? Killing me softly. Really? Are you yeah. shitting me? Yeah, I know that was a dumb. I thought it was about white artist. I didn't know that was even in the back. I think uh, Roberta Flack's original song. Let me see. Because I believe... I know she does a version also, of it. Also, at home, speaking of Bob Marley, I do a lot of like, uh, Alexa, play Bob Marley. And and then there's a song with Bob Marley and... Uh, yep, Kill Me Softly. That's her song. Lauren Who sings Hill. it? Lauren Hill. Bob Marley and Lauren Hill have a song there. <laughs> that blew me away the first time I heard it. Yeah, but look, yeah well, she's married to Bob Marley's son, so... Yeah. Really? Which one? Damien? Rohan, I think. And that's He's got like one. 16, so I don't know. Yeah, you don't yeah. mess with the Rohan. <laughs> Rohan, and, and that's, um, she has like, they have like four or five kids together. Yeah, Killing Me Softly, original Roberta, mm. originally done by Roberta Flack. I didn't know. See? Mm. This is why I like having this conversation. I've learned music shit ah! from all of my niggas today. Did have a fun fact. <laughs> See? For the 70s discussion. Let's go, T.S. getting this shit up. Because so. when he moved to Houston, he gonna be Dumb as a box of rocks. Texas rocks. Togaf. Hot rocks. Texas Togaf. Texas Togaf. All right. So. Which means faggot. So I want to talk today about. Oh, wait. Did anybody else have any of their favorite songs they want to mention off top? I just realized one of the earliest songs I can remember really loving was Flashlight. By Parliament. I just looked it up, and um, I just looked it up. It first dropped January 1978. Boom! I'm telling you, well, listen, man. Hell yeah, dude. Oh, all the Boosie shit, dog. Yeah. I'd rather be with you. What was your uh, old favorite song? First 
memory song or whatever Oh my god, said. so many of them that I just kind of gave to you guys, yeah. but I would say Smile Sarah by Hall and Oates was mm. one of the first I was just like uh, Bee Gees was my shit too Like Bee Gees so. Sarah Cody oh, shit. Yes Oldest song that or first song that you fell in love with that we know is from the 70s I'd probably have to say anything Beatles because my mom would always play a that game that was all 60s they have 70s stuff the Beatles broke up in the 70s then 1970 okay Paul McCartney wins fuck you like whatever <laughs> you my mom would always play a game with me in the car like okay who, who sings this song and it would always be a Beatles or Paul McCartney song and then afterwards she's like okay he's getting good at this and then it would be like name this song and it would be like anything from the 70s and I'm like oh I gotta think now mm-hmm. so what was your favorite give me this what was your favorite Rush song because I hear about them a lot. You're, you're, you're my second white friend to tell me Rush is possibly the greatest rock band. Second greatest. Uh, they do. They make so much noise. It's just three members. Also mm-hmm. pause. Um, you know. I feel like I feel like I've heard this that melody before. I feel like I've only yeah I've heard it too. So, or like a instrumental YYZ YG YYZ mm-hmm. I think I read part this drum pattern already yeah as soon as it started they got a lot of Tom Sawyer a lot of they stuff Tom, Tom like Sawyer like, like, my, uh, what is that like triplets or something that yep. sounds like a little bit off like a little bit off yep. damn yeah. my first cassette Two, tape three, was six, uh, yeah. what's this called um, well it's what's called Bitor and the Dog. There's a big owl, snow owl, or something on the front of it. That's my rush. All right. Dope. I was like, Rush, oh, I better sit up. <laughs> That's what I got for music, man, in the 70s. Dope. Rugged times call for rugged music. Hey, is it that time? The time for Russell hates some shit. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> what I kinda wanted to talk to talk about today was um everybody get seven in for a minute. Uh oh. Is this gonna be deep? <laughs> no well Yeah. That's what she said. Um So I want to talk about pride. Um not, pride the, fest? not the audacity of pride or the audacity of Takeoffs. Um Pogafs. I don't know. Pride kills. So I'm guessing Pride has some audacity. Um, Homeless people. The the thing about it is, um, we we as a as a as a society and even as a culture, we place so much on Pride um, that it actually causes us more harm than good. Um, not saying it's not good to be confident in yourself. Not good to um, to be. Um, proud over things you've achieved, proud over um, obstacles you've overcome, proud over um, doing something that you did not know you could do 
and the will and the desire in you and the work ethic allowed you to achieve those things. I'm more talking about um, things that we place pride in that really shouldn't be held as such items of value. Um, I know um, I was, it was probably more in the 90s where um, people were getting killed over um, shoes and clothes because they were like this status symbol but I'll admit was that you were a little poorer than the the rest. Um, You came out of more money to look a certain way, but you still felt the same way inside. You still felt small. You still felt unimportant. You think that's died down? I didn't say it died down. The stealing I just said it started in... The 90s? Yeah, it was close to the 90s where it was like really being um, broadcast and prevalent. I don't know, bro. I feel like they've probably been stealing people's clothes since... Ever. No, I don't mean stealing. I mean people having these clothes you as got a symbol a nice of status. Pair of shoes, I'm like Jordans. I'm gonna kill you. Getting killed over them, not for theft, but like you scuffed my shoes. Now we got to fight, or now I got to oh, shoot you. Like because of these clothes that represent something, although they're just material. You know what I mean? I don't know. For some reason, I feel like people were super protective of their platform shoes. <laughs> <laughs> my shit got no. Then my shit, my shit had the fish in it. Give me my shit back. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. But as I was saying, it was more broadcast and more brought to light because you know media does that. That's what that's what does. As as the technology improves, you see more. You are able to witness more. Things are brought before you a lot more um, with the proper technology in place um right even if it you know we can you know go back to the bible days <laughs> Cain and Abel uh I love going here um cause it was a proud moment he was like I'm doing the same thing this nigga doing and you're not accepting my gift and God is like nah yo yo your gift ain't like dude if you be more like your brother Abel um I'd accept what you brought and in pride, like, I'm just as good as this nigga, if not better, he killed him. You know what I'm saying? It was a pride slash jealousy thing. They kind of go hand in hand. Um, but he offed his brother because he was like, yo, I'm doing the same thing dude doing. But you like folks better. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. Um, and, and in his pride, he struck, and pride and jealousy, he, he struck down his brother and killed him. Um, that's kind of what we, as a people really do like we really place a lot of um standing standing in things that really should not matter um but in that same token we also have the flip side of that because you know I, I like to deal with the the light side and the dark side so the um the dark side being um proud over things that um um that are materialistic and not necessarily should be worthy of being proud over um just because you can afford 200 dollars sneakers that shouldn't be a, a staple thing for you um you really should be like why am i paying as much for these fucking shoes yeah right. why you uh, wear does not resemble you who right you, what you do for a living does not determine who you are it's, right. it's kind of like the idea uh, i've read somewhere that a people a person asks you what you do for a living to determine how well they need to respect how they respect you, you. yeah 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 so like in some of that that same manner um, yeah. where we put like pride <coughs> makes you want to make sure that you're, you're able to dictate that mm-hmm. you know what I mean like pride 
wants you not to let that naturally happen but for you to like direct that my bad direct that type of respect you know what I'm saying like command it mm-hmm. as opposed to people just respecting you for and even even our idea of what we come to respect or what we decide matters to respect is even if it's warped you know right, we're all just trying to make it here in exactly so like pride allows you to pride allows you or not allows you but gives you this um kind of innate sense to be like this platform right exactly like, like, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna make sure I'm here so that way they do respect me you know what I mean I and, and I, I like the, the words you use uh, command because uh, a lot of people use their pride to demand respect when they don't show it um, I think people who are confident command respect yeah. uh, people who are sure in what they do know what they do and they don't push that agenda upon people they command respect because you realize, just like when you ask them, well, what do you do? And they tell you, you're like, oh, yeah, you're the person I need for this specific um, yeah. job or, or duty yeah. or act- yeah. activity. So you command the respect that I know what I'm doing in this field and I have this experience or whatever. And um, that that respect is drawn or, yeah, is, is drawn from people because they see that you are in the capacity to be of service. Now, uh, I think pride, on the other hand, demands respect. I've done this, so you should be respecting me because I've done this. Right. Um, yeah. Or because I have this, you should be respecting me because I have this. Right, right. I pray, uh, what's the word? That puts I'll say judge people who are like, oh, I'm a doctor, or I'm a lawyer, like, oh, you're a snooty little prick. Yeah, and there are stereotypes and stigmas that go along with with, uh, those different occupations and just different attitudes and personality types. Um, Like in the whole uh, sorority fraternity um, scene, um, when you think of a Q, you think of certain attributes that they should have. When you think of a Kappa, you think of certain attributes they should have. When you think of a AKA, you think of certain attributes they should have. Delta, Sigma, um, all those different um, branches even though each person each person has their own personality, you associate that symbol with who they should be. Right, yeah. yeah. Butt chucking a beer. <laughs> alright. Uh, alright. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to say, T.S. earlier? No idea. Got thrown off. <laughs> alright. Alright, so like no, I, I said, the, the light and the dark thing. So the darkness being that we put... Um, pride into things that really don't matter. Um, the light side of pride, uh, and I say this uh, subjectively because it's like I'm saying light as opposed to darkness, where darkness is about things that don't matter that we give worth to. There are things that do matter that we don't give worth to. So having too much pride to seek help, having too much pride to be of help. Yep. Um, having too much pride to um, to uh, realize that life is a cooperative single player game. So it's not that you can't get through life by yourself, but at some point you're going to have to depend. You're going to have to need somebody to get to where you want to go. Even the richest millionaires, billionaires, trillionaires rely on people to purchase product, to invest in them, to um, do their lawns because either they can't do it, they don't have the time to, or 
they really need that in order to sustain their fortune. So well, it's a lot of people way above that and don't want to scuff their loafers. <coughs> <coughs> but in the same token, they're wearing clothes made by somebody else. Because they don't do exactly. anything themselves. Even if they own the business, there's somebody else making their clothes. There's somebody else running those machines. Yeah. So you always need somebody. But the the thing so my biological father had uh always said that he doesn't want to pay people to do things for him so he will learn how like his like the car or plumbing or electricity like he'll always learn how to so do does it. he load his own car uh, his own card his own debit card credit card because i'm pretty sure somebody else does that right no it's about doing chores or things for like what i'm saying is that things, people need people Plenty yeah i mean you can't get around that yeah. but i'm seeing the majority of it like doing manual labor right what I'm saying is life is a cooperative single player game. So it's it's a single player game as in you make all your decisions, you make all your choices, and you have to live with the consequences of those actions or choices, but it's cooperative as you can't do life alone. There are plenty of NPCs, non-playable characters for you uh, video game, non-video game people. Um, plenty of NPCs in this game. The thing is, is it's like you... Huh. Yeah, you can't... An NPC could stand for that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, not playable characters. Podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, it's video like, game. Yeah, you can't get around. Character like, character. there's per- people you need for services and whatnot. But like, if you can get a get by with like fixing your own car, fixing your own sink, or you know stuff like that, mowing your own lawn, instead of paying someone else to do it, yeah, the job's still getting done. But at least it's getting done cheaper because you're doing it yourself. You don't have to. Spend Pay someone to do it for you. So that's the that's a single player mode that you're thinking about. It goes into multiplayer when you purchase the 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 lawnmower. (laughs) Right, because you didn't didn't build you didn't build the lawnmower. I'm not saying you can't be independent in life. I'm not saying you can't be independent, but your independence is still dependent on other people. Right. right, because right. you had to acquire the tools necessary in order to do your lawn. But it'll last you longer in the long run. If I buy, say, uh, but you need a two hundred dollar used lawnmower, <coughs> and it lasts me ten years, or if I pay someone fifty dollars a week, you know, right. But, but you're arguing, you're arguing, you're arguing finance and money, and I'm arguing that no single human being is isolated in this world. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm not saying that. No, I said like it, it makes you you do need people no matter what in life. But yeah. I'm saying that you'll be less dependent on them if you depend on. If yourself. you can do things yourself, it will make you more of a grown person than if you have to. I'm not saying de- being like dependent on people is bad or wrong, but if you can do more for yourself on little things like that'll help you in the long run. What I'm saying is that pride prevents you from allowing people to help you when you need it. Because I can do this myself. I I can be da-da-da-da-da. And it's like you possibly can, but it may not be the same quality work if you had another perspective helping you out. Um, Not everything requires uh, more than one perspective, but being fair-minded, and you know, I, I always uh, push this uh, agenda <laughs> that being fair-minded does not destroy your own beliefs. It helps you strengthen the foundation of those beliefs because not only are you challenging what you already know um, to either study deeper and to figure out, okay, is this a solid stance? But other people have different perspectives and have different 
environments they've grown up in to where their nature and their nurture have changed the way they view the world and it can give you a heads up or a uh, um, an eye above where your current situation or environment is and maybe find a different path to take. Perfect perfect, perfect example of this. Um, little, little things. So there's been this argument that people have been coming up with uh, as of probably not as a recent, but it's kind of taken um, come to the forefront the last like six months. The idea that America actually started in the sixteen eighteen or sixteen nineteen when the first slave landed here, hmm. as opposed to seventeen seventy six when we you know fought. That the, was when they the constitution. Yeah, right. Declare independence. So people was Great Britain. Right. Exactly. So people are saying that. Which was when. Right. So people are saying. Co founded. So. <laughs> You know, I people, are that, <laughs> people, people are saying that. People are right. People are saying that you know that we should count. You know, we should start say America started in seventeen or, or in sixteen nineteen. And for the longest, I was like, well, technically, a, a place starts when you declare independence from another place. So mm-hmm. technically, I yeah. I was really ag- I was not against, but I was because like, that is to be like New Britain. Like, I was like, yeah. right, right, and I was like, I was like, no, no, no. But then. Something happened where I started. I was talking to my girlfriend. We were talking about some. What were we, oh my god, what were, we, what were we talking about? We were talking about something yesterday in the bed. In like in the bed, we woke up. We were just you know talking, and um, one thing led to another, in which I was um, we were oh we were watching the the Democratic debates. We were watching clips from that yesterday morning, and uh, what is it? Beto, oh, Beto of yeah. work. Yeah. yeah, he was saying he had a moment where they asked him about you know his feelings on race or whatever, and he was like talking about how racism is like in the foundation of this country, and he would sign a reparations bill and start fast. He was he, run fast and then and he was finish fast. He was talking about like how sixteen nineteen you that's really when we should be declaring in the, we should be saying that America really started when the first slave came here and started and his ancestors aren't been haven't been able to participate. And I forgot what it was in that argument. You guys got to forgive me. Um, I forgot what it was in that argument, but something changed where I was like, you know what? Technically, it was a really good reasoning because I was really, that shit really don't make no goddamn sense. It was, Agreed. it was some English people that went to no. lands that's not theirs, and then they stole other people, brought them there, and you think that's America? Like, wait, wait, wait. It's American history, yeah. But wait, American history. Wait a minute. Because wait a minute. Finally... If, if, just listen. If, if American or if what makes a country people basically declaring independence or taking the land or stealing the land or moving or separating themselves, they came over here and started fucking up shit before, no matter where they came from, they came over here and started fucking up shit, which was already a land for somebody else. You came over here and stole the land then, so you were fucking shit up. Or, Chang, we were going to war over the land in 1719 when we came over here and brought slaves and started killing Native Americans. But they knew it wasn't their land. So, so, so technically, that's when America started to plant its roots. So, you can say they broke away from Britain, Mukti Woo, but let's be real. There was already people here, which means this is already land owned by somebody else, which means the conflict started when we started. You just grabbed a slice of cheese and you're like, this is a cheeseburger. Just wait. Just wait. (coughs) What they came saying, over here and told them that what he's what he's saying is thank you. Um, <laughs> not the exploration of the Americas because they weren't even called fucking America then. Um, the Native Americans weren't called Native Americans when they were here. Yeah. They were different tribes. They were different um, cultures 
But what he's saying is that when the slaves came over, or when the first slave came over, that that should be the start of, um, I guess, calling this place America. But um, my argument with that is until an actual system was ratified to uh, to um, designate what the um, area and uh, what this place was going to be called right. by the victors of the war over this, no matter who was here here before, um, they killed most of them off, took their land. Um, it would be the same as if um, there was a building that was um, not necessarily up for sale, but someone came and bought that building and was like, all right, John, get the fuck out. Um, and I'm going to call this this. That starts the... Um, right. No, the, it's like they squatted the building, and then later on they bought the building. They didn't own it when they squatted there. Right, they but it when they bought proof it. of ownership is when they actually have right, the so this seal. Goes along, this goes along with your argument. He's a no, great. all right, that's what... Yeah. I agree with what Tisa's saying, though. Like, it, that's the start of American history. But right. to include in there, but yeah. it doesn't mean that that's still America at that time. Well, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't even call it American history. I, I, it'd be like... So history call it savage white people doing savage white people shit. Just, yeah, yeah, American history. History, <laughs> history. <laughs> I mean, like, what? history of the world, because it's happening all, all over. Yeah, no, and that's... And that's it started you know, with, not, yeah, Britain not, has it everywhere. They, went, was, so they invaded India. They invaded, like, parts of Asia, which is, I guess, India. So. Right. Africa. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, I, and again, I was right along with you guys. I was like, well, technically, America would have started when they actually just said, we're going to declare this America. We're sticking with British. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I just thought about it a little bit. And I, the fact that I was able to have that moment where uh, this, this talk, this really speaks on what you were saying, mm-hmm. um, in sense of, uh, yeah, being fair-minded. Mm-hmm. So whether or not we agree when America should be started, it's the idea of being able to really grasp the fact that other people's opinions or the influence or the participation in society with others helps you to gain knowledge and footing in this thing we call life. Mm-hmm. Because whether or not that argument is right or wrong, I love the fact that I'm able to really critically think about you, maybe America should have been 1619 yeah. and have some basis or some grounding in that based upon listening to other people speak and other people's thought process and other people wanting to reach out and touch other people. Right. What did you say? This was like early in the pods. Is, 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 um, the difference between open-minded and fair-minded? Um, okay, so close-minded is, um, you know, nah, I'm good. You, you keep your shit over there. Open-minded is like, okay, I hear what you're saying. It don't affect what I'm what I'm thinking, but I can see where you're coming from. Fair-minded is, you know what, that's a good point. Let me go check to see, you know, is this really what I think it is? Or if you may be right, and then let me discover what is the actual truth. Um, fair-minded is all about um, discovering and distinguishing for yourself what your actual truth is. Um, based on facts, study, um and even um, even word of mouth, because sometimes somebody may hit on something that you've read uh, or it brings back to your memory what you've read or what you may have come across to make you want to make your foundation even solid in just that one thing or a couple of things. So fair minded is not necessarily just accepting um, whatever somebody's saying. Um, and it's also not just tolerating what they're saying, because there's two different things there. 
um, I, we often get those kind of mixed up to where we think tolerance yeah. is acceptance, Jealousy and it's and not. Yeah. Um, tolerance just means okay, that's what you believe. You know, that's cool. Um, it doesn't affect anything that it has to do with me. Right. Whereas acceptance is, you know, you're right. That's a good point. Da 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 da, and you go along with it. Um, Christian ex- Christians especially have uh, troubles um, differentiating between that and um, men uh, sometimes have um, problems differentiating between that um, because one of the scariest things um, on earth is an angry woman the male ego actually ah okay uh, but see and his ego made him say angry woman that's crazy <laughs> Male ego can lead to male anger (laughs) and male violence, honestly. Um, It's it's, um, disheartening to me um, as such a tragic thing that a lot of the women uh, that I know have an experience with male ego going wrong. Whether it's niggas threatening them um, just being loud and boisterous to the fact that they fear for their life or in some cases um, I've heard that people have been hurt and sometimes killed because of male ego. Yeah. Um, the simple response of no thank you has caused harm, pain, and even violence um, to simple requests. And, and death sometimes. I think I read a story yeah. this week or last week where a woman just said no thank you at a club and that was the last words that she said right and isn't it wars that kind of not all of them but most of them start with because of egos yeah, yeah some of them say they start because of a woman and that, that might be true too <laughs> man Helen Troy um it <laughs> started over a woman um is that a battle though? Huh? So is that a battle though? I think so. I think it was a it was an old battle. I don't know. But it's like uh, that's my oil. Well, that's my. I want that oil. Oh, it's like an ego. Bitches love oil. Goddamn Helen. <laughs> but the the main thing that I want to kind of get across is that um, we shouldn't feel weakened or like a bitch or a punk because. We are seeking help to better ourselves. Yeah. Um, you know, I go over things like, you know, get regular checkups because a lot of black men, especially, don't like going to the doctor. Um, and, you know, with good reason, um, the, the industry has seemed, seemed to change from um, curing to um, treatment. Yes. Which um, just prolongs how long you have this shit and not gets rid of it. And, um, and a lot of people who are trying to cure. Are getting killed, so that's one thing. But get regular checkups, Poor so Nipsey. that yeah, yeah, disappearing. Um, get regular checkups to keep your health fit. Do your research to see what best um, suits your body to have your you know to keep yourself here for as long as you can um, to make an impact um, on your territory. Um, talk to a therapist because there's nothing wrong with talking to somebody to get out of yourself, to figure out things about yourself. Um, we all deal with pain, stress, and emotional um, garbage a lot of the times, and we don't process through those. We don't have the people in our lives who have the time to sit 
and listen and go through those things with us. Um, I know myself personally, um, I'm always busy. I'm always doing this. I'm always going somewhere. And the stress can really, really pile up if you don't have somebody to, <clears throat> to hear you out and to help you um, bring you back to a place of tranquility. <coughs> Pride is neither right nor wrong, but the way we wield it is. Um, being proud of people you love for their accomplishments, being proud of yourself for what you can do, for not being where you used to be is a good thing. Um, I'm not saying that you can't be proud or that you shouldn't have pride in those things, but take a measure of the things that you feel pride about and make sure they're worth the pride that you're, um, that you're giving it, the energy that you're putting into it. Um, the last thing I wanted to say is that it costs nothing to be humble. It literally costs nothing to be humble. In situations where your pride rises up and you feel like, yo, I, I should just knock this nigga out. Um, many times, it's like, what's the point of doing that? Really because disgusting. whether, if, if they were really somebody I really fuck with, this wouldn't be something that they would be doing. This disrespect wouldn't be something that would that they would be doing. So I probably don't even need them in my life. Yeah, you don't. Because niggas, if you are really close with somebody, really fuck with somebody, there should never be a moment where I feel like you're going to turn into an op. There's never be a moment when I feel like we're finna get in front of somebody and you're gonna be different. You're gonna, you know what I'm saying? Like, you should, if you my like, you, I can expect that from people who are, you know, two times removed or some shit. But if you're in my inner circle, there should be no reason where we go out in public and all of a sudden I'm the bun of the jokes because you wanna look, you know, you wanna keep yourself looking cool. Right. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, I would never, if we went out the floor with, you know, just example, I just be all my close friends. Yeah. So if we went out somewhere and a nigga is ribbing you, I hope he can rib well because he got to rib me too <laughs> yeah. now because I'm about to hop on his ass. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He to rib well like, if he fucking with me. Right, exactly. You gotta, you gotta, you, if you rib one of them, you got to rib at <laughs> least one pride. more nigga. You got to rib <laughs> at least one more nigga. Like, you didn't know there was a plus one. Right, exactly. Oh, you, didn't, oh, you thought his pants was funny. Let me get on your ass. <laughs> right, right. Let me bring the company. Exactly, exactly. This nigga exactly, ain't company. Exactly. So, <laughs> like, oh, boss came. Where'd he come from? Exactly. <laughs> How to introduce the non-playable character. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of NPC. No, this quest, nigga. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> this quest. With the side mission? <laughs> no, but it's like it's dead ass. Like I shouldn't have to feel like you don't need people like that in your life where you feel like they're gonna go. You're gonna get in a situation and they're no longer gonna be a friend. Yeah, that's like one of my biggest yeah. fears. That's yeah. why I don't like. It's hard for me to like. I fuck with people because I'm people people working, but that's like a fear of mine. Is that like okay, you my nigga? All of a sudden, we get around the right, the wrong group of people. All of a sudden, you finna try to like switch up on like that right. shit. Angers me. Yeah, like, yeah. So yeah, no, I don't. I think people like that really need to be cut out. You can't allow yourself to have that type of like stress. Yeah. You don't have time. I feel like you don't have the mental capacity or time to be feeling or thinking or dwelling on that. Yeah. Which character should I be in this situation? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yourself. Right. Exactly, dude. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And it's, and it's hard to keep track of all the lies because you're going to have to do a lie for a lie for a lie for a lie yes. for a lie for a lie. Yeah. Where the truth is easier to maintain because it's always the same. Right. Um, the other thing about um, humility is that it not only allows you a place to um, learn to grow and to be more fair-minded and open-minded, but it allows you to seek that cooperative mindset. It allows you to um, 
be that person who stands against the uh, dogging of others for their feelings and emotions because um, we realize that those are natural things. Um, one of the things I had to learn that cost me my pride was learning to forgive people because the forgiveness is for me. It's not for them. Because most of the time, they don't give a fuck. But I can't keep carrying around that poison in me because it's killing me. And another, another thing is, too, <coughs> another thing is, people think that because I forgive you, that that means we're good. We're good. Mm. No. That's my problem. So, yeah, what's the difference? Well, when you forgive somebody, like he said, you're taking that off of you. You know, he's like, I'm going to let that go. I'm going to release that. You know what? Because that, what We did that and we're past that. That don't mean you my neck. That don't mean like you get to be in my friend circle or you get to kick with me and my people. No, no, no. So that's my... Still stay away. Still stay far away from me because you've proven that you're not. Hmm. But I'm going to release the hate and the shit that I'm holding that's dragging me down that could be making me depressed. It could be making me an alcoholic or a drug addict because you did it. I'm going to let that go because I don't want to carry around that burden of yeah. hating you. That's yeah. heavy. That's, that's really my heavy. problem that I have kind of questions for both of you and I don't know how to portray it, but like, what, on it. like, okay, I thought that like forgiving meant like, okay, we're good. That's why I thought to me, it's like, people are like, you gotta forgive and let go. I was like, no, I don't. I'm not ever going to forgive this person, but I can have peace within myself by saying like, just like I'm not gonna have them in my life. I'm not gonna think about them. I'm not gonna anything. You, you know, and it's kind of like parts of what both of you are saying. But at yeah, the same time, I feel like I'm doubly the, wrong. <laughs> there's the phrase out there, you know, um, forgive and forget, or forgive but don't forget, whichever one you want mm-hmm. to to um, kind of go with. Um, the thing about forgiveness, it is the act of releasing that person from that sin. Um, yeah. So it's um, I forgive you to mean that. The things that you did to me that were um, that caused me pain, that broke the friendship, the connection that we have, I forgive you for those things. So that means that I can release myself from all the emotion, all the pain, all the stress, all the hatred that I had for you in order for us to be back at square one. That doesn't mean we're back at 10 where we were together. That means we're back at square one. So now the best we are right now is strangers. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't owe you anything. You don't owe me anything. Yeah. But if you really try to get back to that 10, for me, you're really going to have to win my trust. If, um, if I even allow you to get that close again because we're strangers now. Right. So you saying that um, you have peace within, that's what you would feel if you would forgive that person. Yeah. You have you peace within. Yeah. You're not harboring that negativity anymore. You're like, All right, you know what? I just, I just don't fuck with you. Right. So like That's I said, cool. like you I said, might. forgiveness is for yourself. So you don't necessarily have to go tell them, yo, I forgive you. Yeah. But you just kind of let that shit go. Right. And I think what, you, I what you're saying me. is you might actually you might actually be forgiving. Don't forget. Because I'll never, my memory is way too good. Y'all know how I am with dates. I'll never forget. <laughs> I'll never forget. Because I know what you did. You'll never have you an opportunity to do it again. But I'm not going to, I feel like if I'm if I don't forgive you, I'm going to be plotting on you. I'm going to be thinking like, oh, I wish I could just fire that nigga in the shit. Oh, I wish I could just do something to him or her so that they feel what I felt. If you can get past that, you you really have in your heart of hearts forgiven somebody. Because when you, when you haven't forgiven somebody, you're ready to retaliate. Really, 
whether you whether you're too scared to do it or not, what you want is something to of retaliation to mm-hmm. happen back to you know what I mean. Whether it's karmic or yeah. so you know whether, induced, whether, you, whether you're yeah. doing it, or whether you like man, I wish I could damn yeah. my I want my sister to come fight this bitch or mm-hmm. I want my cousin to come shoot you know what I'm saying like whatever that is. Once you get past the feeling like you need to feel what I felt, you forgiven. Yeah, now that you know makes I mean? sense because like I I feel like maybe I've always understood the word forgive incorrectly because I'm just Google this is the definition of forgive is to stop feeling angry or resentful towards someone for an offense yeah. flaw or mistake and some of that that's um, why forgiveness is for you not the other person yeah right? and and honestly it is a divine thing because you really have to like let all of that emotion all that tie all that connection go all that attachment um, because it weighs you down the only other thing that I sort of disagree with, um, and sort of, and, and it's not a major disagreement uh, with McCoy, is the whole forgetting process. Because usually if it's someone who has done me wrong, they usually are in a place where they can't enter even my wow. outer circle anymore. Right. Because I've established the distance between me and them. Right. And I've cut them off to where they stay on their side. Stay on your side, bitches. You need to take the phone. So they, I don't have to forget because they aren't a presence or entity in my right. orbit anymore. Right. Okay, yeah. this is a dumb analogy. Are you aware of the anime Attack on Titan? Yeah. So is it like they're on maybe like the second wall that's a little shorter, but they're not like... They're outside the city. Okay. They're just... So they're outside the city, out of sight, out of mind. Um, okay. I don't frequent the places that we um, used to hang out and stuff anymore because there's still emotions attached to that. Even with letting stuff go, it's just like um, 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 uh, uh, recovering drug addicts and alcoholics. You don't go to those same places because they trigger more than just your alcoholic um, behaviors. They, tri- they, tri- they, they trigger emotions and things you felt that are attached to the place. That's like when you hear a song that's real nostalgic for you or you walk past somewhere and you smell something that brings back memories because there's a connection and attachment to those things that always brings that back to your, mem- to your, to your memory. So it's hard to forget. So in order to really let all that go, sometimes you have to distance yourself from the epicenter of those memories. In my instance, because you guys know that I used to be into that drug scene, and when I drive, what? you, and 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 certain, and I will never partake in that again. But like, if I drive around parts of Milwaukee, I'm like, I remember, like, oh shit, I know where I am, and I don't feel comfortable knowing that I know where I am, kind of thing, because of you know. But, mm-hmm. and I know I'm not gonna take or do anything like that again, but. Oh. I just feel uneasy in a way. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of along the same lines as what I was just saying. Um, There are places that I used to go with my ex that I don't go anymore because it's like, I just, I don't have a a good feeling anymore because of the things that... Is that why you don't come to Havana? (laughs) No, I've never been there. Oh, okay. Yeah, you just you just be calling me on terrible nights, dude. <laughs> uh, like really, really bad nights. I'm like, dog, I got so much fucking shit to do. On, I'm gonna try. On, <laughs> um, but I I don't go. And part of that, um, which is a boon to my new relationship, is that we find new places to establish right. I think new we've, memories. We've talked about something similar to that before, where it was mm-hmm. like, 
Of what do you enjoy those. doing with your ex, and then can you still do that with your new partner? Right. Just create and new? some of those things you need to overwrite because you genuinely enjoy those places and those things. Right. Because you're and, not going to stop going to the shower or right. the bathroom. Right. <laughs> Drugs. Or the, <laughs> or the or, kitchen. Or the drugs, I guess. You're not going to stop going to the drugs. Definitely not stopping going to the drugs there. So, <laughs> so there's that. You do need to override those emotions. And, um, it, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a way of life. It's, it's the process of growth. Um, part of it is being humble enough to know, yo, I struggle with this. And telling your partner, being honest with her, like, yo, I, I struggle with this because of this, this, and this. And I want to enjoy these things with you because you are my life right now. So that's the thing that because Syria and I talk a lot together about like how we feel. Mm-hmm. We try to when we see each other because it's tough on me, you know. Yeah. But uh, so we both came from very similar bad relationships, mm-hmm. and we talk, and we both know. That we're like, well, we're perfect for each other because we both came from those bad relationships and we both know that we each want each other to, like, say, for example, hang out with your friend, please, because we both never had the chance to when we yeah. were in our lives, you know. Yeah. But we both also realize that we're very defensive yeah, because of our past relationships. Yeah. And that's a tough part, too. Yeah, it's 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 just part of growing and learning and, and, and being open enough to... Um, Realizing that, one, you deserve some awesome things, uh, her being one of them, um, but that you're also an awesome thing to her that she also deserves. So it's that... um, Fucking self-love. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that you can be proud of. I love to say shout out to me just for this past week at least, (laughs) because I did a lot for her that I'm not expecting like a thank you, even though she was thinking me a lot, but like I was off this week, so I was like... I know there's a lot of things around the house that she wants done. that, And it's not like, okay, dishes, okay, laundry. But, like, there's a cup, the cupboards above the fridge. I raised those so I could push the fridge all the way back against oh. the wall. I replaced that one rotted board on the back deck. Um, oh, Changed finally. all the light bulbs. Wait, so there's no hole in the back deck anymore? Yeah, it's a new piece of wood there. Oh, shit. Now we got to come over so I can step on it. Right. It's safe for me to go outside. Yeah. <laughs> Plot twist. He doesn't barbecue. Know, he's going to there and I fall right there. But, she, but she's so like. BBC. Goddamn. But no, like, she Bar always says, cute. like, she does say, like, thank yeah. you so much. like, And I'm like, I'm not expecting a thank you or any Ta-da. kind of, you know, uplifting. But, like, it does mean a lot that you recognize all the stuff that I'm doing. And she said this honestly does um, relieve a lot of stress that I have on my mind because, like, that deck was ratted and broken for the past year. Yeah. She's always wanted that, those cupboards up and the foot, fridge pushed back since she got it and stuff. But. Ooh, you got the neck that night, boy. Did you? you got the neck. No, she had to work third shift. Oh. Um, but. I bet she did. <laughs> that third, third shift. shift. Hey, she shifted gears all right. And the so, coconut. She, she dropped so, the engine. No. Just, just to wrap this up. Um, pride and even its its younger brother, uh, entitlement, they go before um, dangerous means, dangerous ends. Um, Who are their parents? Yeah, what though? Um, I'm probably sloth and gluttony. Uh, um, <laughs> no, I said probably sloth and gluttony. The seven uh, gluttony and greed, maybe. They met in the seven deadly sins. Uh, Aunts and uncles and, 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 and yeah, at Woodstock. Um, 
which happened in the sixties, <laughs> <laughs> which is close to this is it. the fifties, right? <laughs> so, can we can we call this episode to gas at Woodstock? To gas, to gas. Oh, okay. You nigga, no. Can we? You and St. Togaf and Woodstock. St. Togaf and Woodstock. St. Togaf and Woodstock. Oh my God! Yes. No, I'm just gonna call Vegas backwards at Woodstock. (laughs) So, as Kendrick Lamar said, "Damn, I mean, be humble." Be humble. That's the love. I love myself. Yeah, Yeah. he 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 really promotes a lot of um, self promotion as far as like. I love myself. Be humble. Those things that um, really down. are tenets that we should strive to uh, employ in our daily lives, um, so that we realize that in this single player game that we have the need to be cooperative as possible. So we that's why do. Facebook made that goddamn. Do you hear that confidence in Texas boys? I know. You know where it's going. Yeah. <laughs> connections. I hate Speaking of confidence, I'm confident this person's got their dick chopped off. Ever since you guys saved, do all these cooperative <laughs> connections, man? Every do, do time. I have a for this. So, well, I, I don't know. Whatever. I need a pulling thread. <laughs> yes, in this single player game, we do have to be cooperative because if you don't, there are things like the audacity of homeless people that occur, in which. Since they don't get the proper amount of health care, they end up bringing back diseases like leprosy. Leprechauns. Those bastards. Those homeless bastards. Those midgets. Bastards. What the fuck? Always oh, breathing my air! You need to for, you need to forgive some short people. I don't uh, know what's going on. Sorry, Muggsy. <laughs> it's a rough 90s for him. Which it close to. Shout out to Charlotte. J. Cole. Yeah. Oh. So apparently, um, according to this one doc, it's only a matter of time before leprosy starts becoming a thing again. And not just anywhere in the world, but right here in the U.S. Because that's how much we care about people in the land of the free. Yeah. And along with that, hmm. the solution to the audacity of homeless people... <laughs> Y'all gotta understand when T.S. voice gets this high, we get really worried. <laughs> we get low. <laughs> when he get high, we, we get, get low. low. There, uh, oh well, there's a couple solutions to get rid of homeless people, and in San Francisco, they Plagues. decided that they were going to buy homeless people one-way bus tickets out of the city. But this guy had an even better idea, according to him. The Swedish scientist <laughs> a one-way says bullet. that no, kinda humans should become cannibals to fight climate change because. Eating human flesh is more sustainable than meat industry. That, what? I mean, wh- no. <laughs> Fuck them story of the week. Wait. Uh, that's enough. <laughs> if we look up, there cattle farms. What I'm do we tired. all eat? That's common. Not chicken, bugs, but chicken, like chicken, cows, cows eggs. Worms comes from oh, chicken. <laughs> Deer, uh, <laughs> buffalo. <laughs> He wants to add people to that. Fish? No. Like, <laughs> all, I'm saying all those things are greater in amount of population than said people. Um, I'm, I'm tired. Wow. That was a long day at Woodstock with the taps. Isn't shit. California vegan? Like, what the fuck? Uh, no, that was a Swedish guy. You said in California. California. No, uh, he was trying to... He was in California. He said, no, there's a I think in the it was 80s. San Francisco, but that guy was driving or that guy was buying 
bus tickets for homeless people to leave oh, okay. the city. That's fucking horrible. That's funny though. There's <laughs> lots of humanitarian things going on in the world. So this wait, week. did it, was it one? Did they all go to the same destination? Yeah, no, where are they, they going? They get to go wherever they want, just out of the city. Like you don't and gotta go home, just get the fuck out of here. Oh, it's like a bar. Well, they they bar time. They ain't got no home to go to. Right, you ain't gotta go. Whoa. You ain't gotta go back down the street, but please leave. Can't sleep on this curb. But you right. like to go to Disney World? Hey, can you get in when you get there? I don't know, but get the fuck away. Yeah. Get the fuck ASAP. Looking at us. Pretty much what this week was all about. There's a chance the leprosy is coming back because of homeless people and for people not caring about homeless people and yeah. scientists fighting for cannibalism in order to save humanity. That's well, okay. to be fair, there are a lot of homeless people, so we would have a lot of food to start off off with. And I know what you're thinking. Homeless people are dirty. But look at the... Look they the, also draw some good dicks. <laughs> and on that note, uh, St. Tegaps and uh, Woodstock... <laughs> Episode. Oh wait, 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 wait. What did you say? You forgot the wait. Fun fact. There's more. There's more. Yes. In 1993, speaking of California, in 1993, the entire city of San Francisco voted about whether a police officer was allowed to carry a ventriloquist dummy called Brendan O'Smarty while on patrol. I guess that they lost the vote because he was able to carry his ventriloquist dummy called Brendan O'Smarty while on patrol. This was in 1993, people. This wasn't in oh, fuck. the olden ages. You know what? Like, what is this? Like, to the 70s. Freeze! Freeze! Hey, I said that first. No, you didn't. I said that. <laughs> oh, he's getting away. No, he's not. I got... <laughs> like, what the fuck? He's like, go get your cups out. Oh, God. Yep. Oh, God. And this is episode 40 of Not Politically Correct. Like a drug thing. More like episode 40. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. This is episode 40 of Not Politically Correct. It's the homie TS, a.k.a. C. Nova. You know I got you. I'm going to upload this backwards. <laughs> this whole, they're going to play can, it on record in reverse. <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter at CNovaKPZ. McCoy. It's McCoy. Ikud. <laughs> a, a, a Mega for Manny, aka T. Wait, wait, what's his name? Little Todd! Little Todd! Aka T. Aka T. Pray! I watched this thing until T. Uh, what was it? T. Pain on a Red Bull music remix with uh, that DJ Wheezy or whatever. And he had. T. Pain has so much energy. I'm like, I was watching it with Syria. I'm like, can you imagine T. Pain and McCoy in a room together? Like, they would just be like hyping each other up until one of their heads blew up. They were just like so amped. Got it. You could have said stage. You said room together. That really just disturbed oh, me. Oh, it, it's his studio. Like right. okay, got studio room. Got it. Okay, okay studio. Room. It's your boy McCoy, aka AKA Well done. AKA All Caps Allen. It's your boy McCoy, aka Mister What to Do, aka Gun Splash God, and you know where the fuck I'm at. Oh, also I can't forget Dubbed Up Danny. No, and you know where the fuck I'm at. Uh, Twitter at Lids. McCoy KPZ. <laughs> Snapchat room McCoy Rebel and yeah I just do those things yeah. cap snap cat snap oh the cap on this app which is Snapchat Cody Brody Ghost Emily wait embellishing <laughs> <laughs> Emily uh Jojo Banjo Joe there was something else Nickum Poop Nick nope that was it he got me. Cedric car on everything. You can all you can call him out. Uh, <laughs> Betty, you can call me. You can call me out. 
Russ, Caitlin. the barman, a.k.a. Teddy Russ, a man a.k.a. Down the Russ the bus, a.k.a. Russell's worried, <laughs> worried Russ, school words cute, <laughs> <laughs> you can find him in St. Louis, <laughs> U-N-I-T-Y, U-N-I-T-Y is the theme song, <laughs> Twitter, you're, Snapchat, you're X-rated, E-C-K-Z underscore R-A-Y-D-E-T, IG, Candy Community, C-A-N-D-I-D, underscore C-U-P-I-D-I-T-Y. U-N-I-T-Y. Okay. On Facebook, we have a group. We talk shit in the group. It's called Not Politically Correct Podcast. You can talk shit too. Again, it's Not Politically Correct Podcast. We have a page you can also like, which is important because numbers matter. And Facebook has a date nap and they're weird. But you can like our page on NPC Podcast. Tango. I thought the single people were weird. I think the dating app is... Fu- I think the... He thinks fact, people are weird. The fact that y'all looked at them enough for them to be like, these motherfuckers need a dating app. We're going to give it to them. Y'all are the real one. Not the... Not that's the takes poking you at a whole nother level. Than, how's that any different than niggas because, caking on MySpace or Black Planet because or it's actually Because they actually made a dating app function where they match you with people? Where they yeah. match you with people? Well, had Black Planet come out now, they would have a dating app. Wait, it would wait, be wait. weird. It's weird. I, I find dating inter- apps are I, weird? I find internet dating weird. Why? It's just... It's a personal thing. So I'm Syria and I met on Plenty of Fish. The, any, wait, really? Yep. Well, you know they say about 5% of those people actually survive. Well, we're going to break the odds and be the 95%. Wait a second. Yeah, exactly. no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm like, why would you? Okay, all right. But yeah, no. Um, <coughs> that's us, and we're also... Why is it weird? It's just... It's, God damn it. Asian. What's different Asian about that? Asian St. Tagaf. And, and, and Bumble or Tinder or... Asian Street Togaf. <laughs> I mean, aren't those like dating sites, but also kind of like not social... Street. Right, private private medias. I think dating site. I've always thought it was. I would rather meet a person on the street and see her and be like, "Damn, hey, listen, man. You know, I, I rather you keep, look exactly what I pictured you to look like because I'm watching you right now. <laughs> exactly. I'd rather shoot game in real life. We are on SoundCloud and iTunes and the podcast and you're on phone and not politically correct podcast. Is there anything else you guys like to say about episode forty before we turn this off? Were we talking about dating apps? How the- fucking gay and weird they are. You tagif. Street tagif. That's tagaf. I'm sorry. Anything else? Anyone? What are Bloods and Crips? Gang.